What is up, DGAFers? So it's Jenna here today recording the intro for this exciting episode. I can't wait for you to hear this because this was something we actually weren't sure if we were going to release to the public or not. Um, we we kind of needed to get to a place in our own healing journeys where we were like ready for this to be mainstream information. And we're there. We are there. So we actually back in April, Lauren and I and our friend Kiera, we went to Florida and we hired guides to go with us and lead us on a very intentional psilocybin mushroom trip. And so this episode is all about our experience during that trip. So I'm going to talk you through the subconscious mind in the beginning of this and really help you understand like why, why do you need that information in order to understand what we got out of our mushroom trip? And then also what came out of this experience for us? Because so much was healed. So much was healed for us when we did this. Um, I basically, you know, I like to kind of compare it to you have your, your conscious therapy, like talk therapy that you can do, which talk therapy for me, when I was doing that, I'm I'm not like knocking it completely. I don't want you to think that I think it's great depending on how you're using it. But for me, when that was all I was doing, it was like, I didn't even know what I was really struggling with the most. So it was hard for me to even put words, Like I didn't even know what to talk about, if that makes sense. Cause it was like, I, and if I did know, and I didn't feel comfortable talking about it, I would just avoid it and like dance around it. And so my therapist was like, like, she can't read my mind. Right. So it never really got to the root of what I needed it to do, which is why talk therapy can take so much longer for you to actually see like substantial changes in your life. So I was doing talk therapy for a while. Then I started doing subconscious healing. And that was when I really started seeing my reality shift in positive ways, because I was getting to like the root causes of the programs that I was like continuing to run in my life of like controlling everything, um, going back to like, like doing things and saying things to people that like would put me in a position where I was always alone because I, as a kid, like I, I was always alone not always alone as a kid, but like being alone felt safe to me as a kid. And so as adult and an adult, I like try to do that again. And so now it just brings so much awareness to it. We're going to get into all this in this episode. I'm kind of like paraphrasing right now. Um, but then also then this mushroom trip was basically like doing literally like five years of subconscious healing therapy in five hours. Like it just it took all of the healing to a whole new level for all three of us. And we all learned things about ourselves that were just truly incredible. And I feel like we are ready to share this with you openly, publicly, and we're excited to hear what you think of it. So let us know after you listen to this episode, let us know your takeaways. You can email us, you can message us on social media, but we are so excited to hear what you think. And we do have ways not with mushroom therapy right now, but we do have ways that we're working with clients now in terms of subconscious therapy. So reach out if that is something you would like more info on. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realize that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, ugly, and everything in between. 
As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGA effer. Like, don't give a bleep or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGA effer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGA effer who doesn't give a what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the ladder if you're not already there. So excited to chat mushrooms today. So I am Jenna. You guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Kira. And I'm Lauren. I'm so happy to be on the call today. (laughs) Yeah, we weren't sure if Lauren was going to hop on live or not, but, and we'll get into all of that, the why of that in a while, (laughs) Um, but we're really excited to be here and just share our experiences with you, especially because I was trying to share more on Instagram about like the reasoning behind us doing mushrooms and Instagram was like shutting down my reels, wouldn't let me post shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. So big pharma also had its hands in that too. Like whatever the hell else. So (laughs) like, this is going to be better to just jump on a, a live call and do some Q and a, but also just kind of get into why we intentionally decided to do this as part of our healing journey. So Kira was kind of laughing at me before this, because I have one power. It's only one PowerPoint slide that I'm sharing with you. (laughs) And actually Laura made this It's beautiful. It's called a theory of mind. And in order for us to like actually get across to you the deep importance and the significance of why we decided to do mushrooms in terms of like a healing journey. Like this wasn't just like, let's get fucked up at a festival. Like that's right. not, that's not how this happened. Um, I felt really called to sh- just do like a quick ish intro of like the subconscious mind and the critical mind filter, our conscious mind so that we all kind of have this baseline to start from. So that as we're sharing our stories, you're getting a glimpse of like, how this all, all these like puzzle pieces, how they kind of fit together. So I'm going to share my screen. You guys want to say, share anything before I dive into this? I think you got it. Okay. Take it away. All right. So this lovely graphic is your brain basically. Um, and basically I'm just going to kind of go over a foundation of how your mind works. So with the theory of mind, you're only born with two fears. And I know we've, we've shared this on our Instagram before. I know all three of us have talked about this. You're only born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else in your whole entire life is either passed down through your like ancestral nervous system. Cause you actually inherit your mom's nervous system when she's pregnant with you. Um, which is where that like idea of ancestral trauma gets passed down in that aspect but it can also, these fears can come up from childhood, from your experiences, from conditioning, just from everything that you're around. So I always think it's fun to kind of start off talking about that because those are the only two fears, falling, loud noises, that's it. Um, So starting down here, you have your primitive brain. This is like the base of your brain. And if you think about your primitive brain, that's like where your survival instincts are held. So it's the nervous system responses of fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And all of that is part of your subconscious. Okay. And so when you think about this primitive brain, it's literally like, if you think about animals and how they're out in the world, like they're literally just surviving. They're here in survival mode. So that's this, the job of your brain here is like to keep you in surviving. Um, And so, you know, I wanted to, to point out that that's part of your subconscious mind because none of us ever choose to be in flight mode. Like we don't choose to have these nervous system responses where we're like going into fight mode and freeze and fawn. And 
it just happens naturally. Um, and honestly, like most of humanity is actually stuck in a nervous system response of fight, flight, fawn, freeze. And that's why we're so passionate about doing nervous system support so that we can get ourselves out of those constant, like responses, but also help our clients do that too. So there's a ton of different ways that you can do the nervous system support. We teach on a lot of that in our courses and memberships and all of that, but mushrooms obviously also aided us in that journey. Um, so I also just want to share, you know, this, your primitive mind, all of this up till your critical mind filter, this is all your subconscious mind. And it's basically running like I know this says 88% of, of the show, but honestly, the new research is like, it could be all the way up to 95% of the show. So like, we feel like we're consciously in charge of our lives, but actually your subconscious is replaying these patterns over and over and over again. So if you look on here, it says your subconscious is zero to eight years. And basically what that means is from the time you're born until the time you're eight years old, you are taking in so much information from everywhere. And the info that you're taking in as a kid, your body storing that is absolute truth. So it's like, it shows up as love. It shows up as survival. It shows up as like, this is just the way that the world works. Whether those experiences are positive or negative, that's, it's basically like, if you think of your brain, like a computer, it's creating that hard drive in your computer so that that's your, that's the way that things work. That's the way that things are wired. And so um, with that, we think, like I said, that you're creating consciousness, but you're, you're not, your subconscious is really running the show there. Um, or you think you're living consciously, I guess I should say. So basically with your subconscious, it's like the lens that you see the world through and it's all based on you growing up all of those experiences that you had. Um, so an example of that I want to share that has come up for me, and this was like before we even did the mushrooms that came up for me. Um, it honestly took me like several months of doing subconscious work to like pull this up and like find this pattern in my life personally. Um, but when I was little, anytime I would have like really big emotions or like be crying or be like really upset, I would be sent to a timeout chair as a kid. That was like the form of punishment. And I know now if you have kids, if you're looking at like the conscious parenting model and all of this, like all of that's shifting away from those punishments and all of that. Um, but for me, the time out chair, when I had big emotions taught me that like when I had big emotions, I would be alone. And so now as an adult, it's like so frustrating, but also I see that pattern because anytime I have a big emotion, my nervous system response kicks in of that fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. Usually it's like, flight, honestly, because I want to be alone. So like, um, in my relationship with my husband, even like there have been times where I've like said things or done things so that I, because I want him to leave me alone so that I can like go back into that pattern of being alone and having big feelings. Whereas like all of this is happening subconsciously because consciously I'm like, let's be adults. <laughs> let's have a real conversation. And then my subconscious mind is like, nope, that's not safe. It's not safe to be an adult and have these conversations. Safe to you is actually being alone. So you're going to fuck this up and you're going to say something that makes him want to leave you alone. And then it, that pattern just keeps replaying. So that is where it's so important to actually heal these subconscious patterns and bring awareness to them. And if you've heard like 
the term creating consciousness, like having these awakenings, honestly, that's just creating the awareness around the fact that your subconscious is running the show and like creating awareness around these patterns so that you can heal them because being self-aware is like just so fucking much of this work because you're going to see these patterns showing up in different areas of your life then. And if you don't heal them, you're going to project them somewhere else. So like, like I said, you know, projecting it onto my husband or projecting it into motherhood or projecting it into our business or with my business partner, like it can literally show up everywhere. Um, and so, you know, the last thing I want to talk about here is this, this conscious mind and then your critical mind filter. So your conscious mind, this is up here at the top. And this is literally like 12% of your, your mind is conscious. And so that's what you're aware of because your subconscious is all underneath your consciousness. You're not aware of it. So that's responsible for logic, reasoning, analyzing, decision-making. Um, it's also responsible for willpower, which is where like, um, I don't know, let's use an example of like, what can I use? Let's do like creating $10,000 months in your business. Okay. So like consciously, if you're like, Ooh, I want to make $10,000 this month, your conscious mind comes up with that. And then what it's going to do is it's going to bring that information into your brain and your critical mind filter right here. That's developed between the ages of, was it eight and 13? Yeah. Eight and 13. So your critical mind filter acts as kind of like the barrier between your conscious and your subconscious. So when that comes in, that's your filter and it's going to mirror that back to your subconscious and it's going to say, okay, 10 K months, let's do this. And your subconscious is going to be looking to see if it has any data to support that that's possible. And if it doesn't like, let's say, you know, you've spent your whole life hearing, like you have to suffer in order to be successful, or you have to work hard. You have to self-sacrifice. You have to give up time with your family. You have like, you've seen all of this happening in your, your life with your parents, your subconscious is going to be like, mm, it's not that easy. Like we're going to make it really hard. And it's going to spit that back out. And then you're going to be in a constant loop of like, just making shit harder in your business to get to that 10 K month when actually it can be really fucking easy and it can be really fucking simple. It's this that's overcomplicating it. So I wanted to start off with that so that we can be like, why did we do mushrooms? <laughs> because I also <laughs> want to add one more thing. You may have heard people talk about the ego before. Um, that's just your subconscious mind. So your ego is really um, the voice that's here to protect you. So you can really think of your subconscious mind as that as well, um, because you learned all of these things as a child. And like Jenna said, you took it very literally. <laughs> so um, that's where the ego mind is very black and white. It's this way or the highway. And that's where, you know, a lot of the times we can get in debates about religion. We can get in debates about politics and medicine and, and all of these things. And a lot of times it can be frustrating. Like, why isn't this person seeing my point of view? Like, I don't understand. <clears throat> That's really just your ego, which is your subconscious mind. And through the healing journey, and as we talk through this um, mushroom experience as well, what the mushrooms really do is it kind of strips away your ego and it allows you to enter into that childlike state of being and really start seeing things in a different way. And, and there's other ways we can do this without doing mushrooms. So if you're on the call and you're like, I don't know if I'm wanting to do mushrooms anytime soon, like you don't have to, there's other ways that we can strip the ego um, and get into that subconscious mind. But anytime you're thinking I'm right, they're wrong. That is your ego. That is your subconscious mind. 
So, and, and the more, like Jenna said, the more you can be aware of it, the more you can actually say, oh shit, this is my ego, or this is my subconscious working right now. When you are able to point that out and be an observer, that is when it relaxes. And that is when you're able to make a conscious choice to do something different. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you're right because with the mushrooms, it literally like bypasses that critical mind filter and it takes you like straight into the subconscious. And that's where I know we've all three kind of been talking on our social media about like having these boxes that were locked. Right. And Kira's like, Oh God, turning it over to you in a sec, Kira. <laughs> um, but so if you have these, these boxes that you've locked up from your subconscious, from your childhood, things that you like literally can't even consciously recall the whole entire point of doing the mushrooms, but also doing this healing work in different aspects is that it helps you with this subconscious recall to bring these memories to the surface. So I want to preface this with like, you have to be ready to do this work. Like sure as shit before you do mushrooms, but even doing like the subconscious healing work in general, like people just think like, Oh, I'm going to be healing. Like it's going to be great. Like butterflies, rainbows, like it's actually really, it brings up a lot of like the darkness and the deep things that you have buried away. Because like I said, your brain's job is to keep you safe. So what you're doing is then pulling all of these things up and integrating them back into your life, integrating these experiences, things that have happened to you. You can't change that these things have happened to you, but it's almost like you are like seeing them again. You're able to just kind of make peace with it in a different way, I want to say. Um, and that's where like the inner child reparenting comes in, which we're going to talk about. And then just have that be a part of your life that you're able to learn from. And it's not buried away and keeping you safe, which also is like just self-sabotage, honestly, because it's keeping you in this loop of just constantly replaying the same patterns and then projecting these patterns, marriage, business, friendships, motherhood, everywhere, right? If you've ever used this statement, why does this shit always happen to me? Like if you're saying that about certain things in your life, it's your subconscious. Your subconscious is recreating this scenario over and over and over again. And that's when the self-awareness comes in, when we can become aware of the patterns. And we're like, instead of just saying, why does this always happen to me? Oh my God, I have the worst luck. This always fucking happens to me. It's like, but why is this always happening to you? What is the pattern that's happening? And it doesn't have to be that way. If it's something that, that is not serving you and that is maybe blocking you from a goal or um, whatever you're kind of out there looking for. And so I would challenge you. And, and if you feel called to, you can drop it in the chat. Is there any scenarios um, or things where you have said, why does this keep happening to me? Yeah, that's awesome. And just Kira, I'm throwing it your way in a second, but I want to, want to share, this was after the mushroom experience. This was actually, I was back home and I was doing a hypnosis, which please don't be scared of hypnosis. It's literally the same thing. It's just going to bring up these memories and have you integrate them. But I was doing a hypnosis on really stepping into my own authority in my business. Okay. And the memory that came up for me, like it was hysterical. I was a little kid. I think it was like seven and I was out on the beach with, by myself, I had a bucket and I was scooping up water. <clears throat> Sorry. I was scooping up water from our dock and I scooped up a snake in this bucket and like freaked out, threw it on the beach. And <clears throat> I don't know why I'm choking. Sorry. 
long story short, my dad's friend, Kenny was over at the time. And I was like screaming, going berserk. And Kenny, for some reason, had a, a shotgun in his trunk and he shot, they were big hunters at the time. That's why. Um, and he shot this snake on the beach and like saved me. And that was the subconscious memory I recalled when I was like working on becoming my own authority in my business. So it's like, what the fuck, right? It doesn't make conscious sense to you. Like when you're trying to find these patterns, that's why this works so important and so deep because it like, it brings up these connections that you otherwise don't realize are connected. Um, and I think, you know, especially when in business, when you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like it's all about marketing. It's all about strategy. It's all about all this stuff. And like, no, it's not like, it's not, it's about, you know, if you're trying to be successful as an entrepreneur or in your business and your work, that has everything to do with your relationship with yourself, with your self-care. It has everything to do with, you know, motherhood, with your relationships, with your significant other, like it had, it's all so connected. And I think this experience with the mushrooms, like drove that home for me even more. All right, Kira, take it away. <laughs> so I just kind of want to start like how this whole thing got started. So I don't know if you guys remember, we were at dinner in Cago Falls and you guys were like, uh, I think we're going to do mushrooms. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> coming from the girl that like just literally smoked weed for the first time, like two years ago, I was like, uh, you're like, you want to go do mushrooms? And I was like, mm, y'all are crazy. And then I don't even remember how it got planned from there, but we just kind of dove into it and just kind of all we're like, yeah, like we're ready for this kind of work. And I don't know, I guess, where do you want to start with the whole, I just want to take them through like how it looked like and like what it was, because I think Lauren, you and I can talk about how, you know, we were very outwards in the beginning and how Jenna was saying it does. It takes you back to like, literally when you do mushrooms, it takes you back to like, you feel like a little kid. Like Lauren and I were cracking up about a fucking railing on a building for like yeah. 20 or 30 minutes. Well, and two, I want to preface before we dive into like the setup of this whole experience and what it was like, mm -hmm. we read like a textbook about this. It wasn't, not that there's anything wrong with like going and doing shrooms at a festival. It's not what I'm saying, but like, if you want to do that, go for it. But like, this was very intentional. It was like, let's read a textbook. Let's learn about what this is going to be doing, how this is going to be supporting us through our healing journey. Like we went into it with the intentions of really getting to know ourselves and unlocking these boxes on purpose. So we were like, we yeah. were aware that we were going to be doing this to like unveil our unique gifts. And we also That's had guides. We right. had, uh, we had people with us who, um, have done psilocybin before they, um, were very familiar with it and they were sober the entire time. Um, and they actually guided us to set specific intentions. Um, like, why are we doing this so that that's kind of how the vibe was. So I know when we tell certain people that we did this, it's like, you know, it's looked down upon, you know, for some people. And it's like, no, this is actually a very spiritual awakening back. Like in the Jesus days, they used to do psilocybin all the time to actually reach God and be able to um, feel that spiritual connection. So it's not this taboo thing. And, and if you've ever smoked weed, it kind of feels similar to that. Just like a little bit more intense. Um, I would I say also think I felt way more in control too, when I took the mushroom. Yes, I did too. To, like, Yes. Compared to alcohol or marijuana, which are the only two yeah. drugs 
experienced, I felt way more in control. And I remember everything from the experience. Yes. I remember going into it. I remember being like, I don't want to feel out of control because that's one of my biggest fears. And that's one of the reasons why we did all of the research. And we had, you know, it was almost like weekly zooms with these guides, like just to like, make sure that we were all on the same page. And like you said, like, it wasn't just an experience to take mushrooms and get fucked up. Like it was very intentional of what we were going into this experience with. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't want to feel out of control. Like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be blacked out, like fucked up. And I'm like, this is going to be terrible. But it wasn't like that at all. Well, and it was cool because we had the, we had the conscious choice when we were doing this of like, (laughs) I'm ready to go inward. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to put an eye mask on. I'm going to put earplugs in. I'm just going to sit and like, let memories come in the boxes unlock. But then we also had the option to like, be outward and be joking and be have fun and all of that too. So it was kind of a back and forth, but I was, I always felt in control of my decision, whether I wanted to be inward or outward. Yeah. So to kind of set the stage of like what it looked like is we actually, we were trying to like really encompass our inner child through all of this. I think that can be said for all of us. Um, and so what we did is we actually pulled the mattresses from our hotel into the living room, um, which we could probably share pictures. I don't know. I haven't shared any of those yet. Um, but we pulled the mattresses into the living room and it was literally like a slumber party. Like it looked like a slumber party. Um, and like Jenna said, we all had eye masks, um, because you do like when you're under the influence of psilocybin, you have that opportunity. Like you get to willingly decide, do I want to go inward and like face the scary shit? Or do I want to go outward and like act like a little silly schoolgirl? And that's where I got stuck of like a very large portion of the trip is outwards because, you know, facing my trauma and facing all of my boxes was very terrifying to me. So I avoided that. Yes. Yes. There we are. (laughs) I love it. This was, I avoided. Yeah. I avoided going inward for a large portion of the time. I don't even know. Like, I feel like I have no comprehension of time during that, but once I finally did go inwards, like the, what I took away from it, which I'm sure we'll get into with like unlocking boxes and all of that was huge. And I almost feel like the best way to explain my, my experience with psilocybin was like, I feel like I went through years of therapy in like three hours Mm -hmm. and I can talk about literally all of my trauma that I've ever experienced in life. I can talk about all of that now with no emotion tied to it. I can talk about everything I've gone through, everything that has happened to me without crying, which is, it still blows my mind to this day. Um, so I think that's the best way to explain it is I feel like I went through years of therapy in a matter of hours. Yeah. And also I want to preface too, not everybody, when they go inward, when they close their eyes have like scary, um, visions. And the cool thing about mushrooms is your brain is so active. So your body actually, for me, it felt very tired, like wanted to lay down, wanted to relax, but I couldn't fall asleep because your mind is like Mm -hmm. always going. Um, but the cool thing about psilocybin is that if something does kind of come in that feels a little scary, right? The literal second you like lift your eye mask up or you like hear a noise or something, you like completely switch out of it and now you're into something else. So that was really enjoyable because like if things were getting a little too daunting, I could just lift my mask up and then everything would be something completely different. I do want to also point out that, um, So when we say that we took mushrooms, so if you've ever heard of microdosing, this is not microdosing what we did. Um, We can talk a little bit from what we know. We're not experts in microdosing. We have a resource too. 
Um, microdosing is something that you take a very, 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 very tiny amount and you actually don't feel like high, <laughs> like you're on mushrooms or marijuana. It's, it's more like a sparkly yeah. feeling and it actually helps people with depression um, and helps enhance your mood. It helps, you know, things just seem more vibrant and bright. So microdosing is different from what we did. So um, each one of us started out taking a gram of mushrooms. So honestly, what we did was we took celery and we put peanut butter on it and we just laid a mushroom on it. And that's how we ate it. So we all started out eating one gram. And then they did say after 45 minutes, if we wanted to take some more to go deeper that we were able to do that. So I actually chose after 45 minutes to take uh, one and a half gram. So I took an extra half um, of a gram because I could feel myself resisting going deep. So I knew like I needed, I needed a little bit of help going deep because I would have kind of just stayed more on the surface. So that's, so if I, I know when I first heard about mushrooms, I didn't know the difference between microdosing. So I know that term has been thrown around a lot and actually like taking mushrooms like that's they're different they're two different things there they are if you want to see them yeah <laughs> like that's literally it's just like <laughs> it's like a whole mushroom on so we put peanut butter i expected them to taste horrible but they did not oh, <laughs> no i didn't um one of the things i want to mention here so like i said we did this because we were trying to really like unlock our innate gifts like get more in touch with with what we bring to the world right and for me, something that came up was that I, I felt so connected to the energy of both Kira and Lauren when I was under this, like I, so in human design, if you're new to human design, um, well, if you're new to it, this won't make any sense, but if you're not new to it, we'll go with that. If you're new to it, follow us and we can reach out and we'll talk. Um, but my emotional solar plexus is completely undefined. I don't have any gates. I have no channels, like nothing. So I take on others emotions and like amplify them. Like I've always felt that. Um, and honestly, up for the first 30 years of my life, I would kind of keep myself very surfacey, very like distanced because I didn't know what to do with that energy. And it wasn't until I started doing this work where I was like, wow, this is actually a, a really amazing strength of mine. But then it's also like, I have to be able to disconnect from the energy too. Like that's the work that I do on a constant basis now of like, nervous system support because I cannot constantly feel like people are plugged into me in different ways. So that's the work I do. You know, it's going to be a constant work in progress with that. But what was so interesting, the first time I like experienced that during the trip was when our guides asked us if we wanted more, like Lauren was saying. So it was like 45 minutes in. And this is where, um, I was literally like inward, had my eye mask on, had my earplugs in. And I heard them ask if they wanted it. And I felt myself get pulled, like literally physically pulled toward Kiera. Because I was immediately like, fuck no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no. And I was like pulled and I was like, no. And then Lauren goes, actually, yes. And I felt myself like get pulled to Lauren. And I was like, it was like this energetic, like tug of war. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, what do I want? What do I want? Like, I don't know what I want. And it was like the craziest experience of like, holy shit. Like what's, what's my voice? Where's my voice in this? And like, I know that that happens in life, like all the time on a daily basis, but I'm, I was never that aware of it before, um, until this experience. And so then from there, 
we kind of determined like Kiara's found out how wise she was through this experience. Apparently really fucking wise. (laughs) (laughs) She was sitting there going, I'm so wise. (laughs) But, but from that, um, there's an explanation. She's like, Jenna needs to go first. Like no matter what we do, Jenna needs to go first. And it isn't like Jenna's a stuck up asshole that always has to get her way. Like it's more so like, if I don't go first and I don't take the lead, I can't hear my own voice. And I will get like sucked into things that maybe aren't even for me because I can't, I literally can't hear myself. And so that's where I'm like constantly doing this work, but it was- And it ties back to get us getting our tattoos also, which I think we should talk about. <laughs> I didn't know. Yep. Before I didn't know. we dive into anything, I want to ask and go ahead and put this in the chat. Have any of you done inner child- any type of inner child healing work before um, or have connected with your inner child in any way, shape or form. I'm just curious to see where everybody's at. That's and on if, live. if you haven't, do you know what inner child healing is? Like, do you know what that means? Yes, because we're gonna, I think we're gonna kind of shift this now into what each of us really experienced. Um, and it's interesting because if we are talking about human design for a second, Jenna is a generator. I'm a projector and Kira is a manifester. And so we each are completely different types and we each had a completely different experience. Um, And so when we kind of dive into that, so, okay, Rachel said she's done some, feel free to type, don't be shy. Um, Okay, I've done some as well, awesome. Okay. Cool, so Lauren, what would you say for someone who hasn't done any, what would you, what would you want to explain? So for me, well, okay. So I had a really, um, deep connection with my inner child during the mushroom trip. And honestly, I'm being completely honest before the mushrooms, I heard about inner child stuff before like healing. I've, you know, and I just kind of didn't really know what that was. And I didn't really know what that felt like. Um, I mean, obviously I, I could grasp the concept of like, we all have an inner child within us. Um, you know, we all were children at one point, right? We all had experienced certain things at one point. So this inner child lived within us, but for so many years, I really blocked her out. So I was very disconnected from my inner child. Um, so I think that's why it was really hard for me to be like, okay, people are talking about inner child work. People are doing inner child work. I get it. But like, I, I can't feel it. Cause like my inner child, I've been shoving away for so long and I have been like silencing her. So that's going to kind of get into my story here in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why I wanted to ask that question because it's a hard thing to explain, but if you're not familiar with inner child work, or if you've maybe done inner child work, but maybe, I mean, if you want to be honest right here, like you haven't really had any kind of connections Um, You feel like maybe you've gone through the motions, but you don't really know if anything really came out of it. That's normal, especially if your inner child has been, you know, pushed to the side and you're like in grown up mode, completely ignoring um, him or her. Yeah. And, and really that ties back to the subconscious, because like I was saying, you know, your subconscious mind is formed between the ages of zero and eight. So like that is the piece we're talking that has been like literally locked away and that you're reconnecting with through this inner child work. Yeah. I was going to say the diagram that you showed in the beginning is probably the best way to explain it. If you haven't done inner child work is 
literally it's your mind that's being formed from the ages of zero and eight and any sort of trauma, or even if it's not intended to be trauma, like it doesn't have to be sexual assault. It doesn't have to be, you know, violence or any sort of like trauma to be considered trauma. Like Bingo. <laughs> sometimes people will hear, you know, big T, little T, big trauma, little trauma that in my brain does not exist. It's any sort of influence on your mind, on your being from the ages of zero to eight that frame who you are, that kind of form who you are as a grown up, as an adult. I even like to think of some examples of me growing up, like, and, and I think most of the people on this call and especially the ones that are watching it live, we're all kind of in the same generation. Um, and, you know, my parents' generation, it was okay to spank. That was like, not looked upon as like bad by any means. Like if you were spanking your child, like that was totally okay. That was totally normal. Well, and so for me as a little kid, you know, anytime I would um, be upset about something, if I peed my pants on accident, like things like that, and I would get spanked, that was trauma. That was actually my inner child at the time being told, you're not allowed to have basic needs. You're not allowed to show emotions. You need to sit down and shut up or you're going to get injured. You're going to get hurt. You're physically hurt. So, and I know like from my parents' point of view, they thought they were doing the right thing. And so that's not really viewed as trauma being spanked as a child, even with Jenna being put in timeout when she was, um, you know, having big emotions and, and being told to be put a alone and then they would laugh at her like you don't think of that as like trauma but it doesn't matter and and I also want to say if you're a parent on this call as well I don't want this to be like a freak out moment where you're like oh god like I've done time out I've spanked my kid before like we are not perfect human beings and our kids are here to experience what it is like to be humans so like we aren't going to be perfect parents okay but if you, they can see that you are doing healing work and they can see, and like, this is like a normality in their household. Like mom does hypnosis, mom does meditation. You know, mom is doing these things, deep breathing exercises. You know, my son, that's how we calm him down is through deep breathing. It's something he's just used to. They actually will learn the tools to regulate their nervous system, to heal anything that they feel personally like they need to heal when they are getting older and adults. So I don't want this to be like a shame spiral of like, now we have to be these perfect robots. Like that's impossible. Um, but the more that you are actually doing this yourself, even if you know, you've parented a certain way up until this point, and you're making a decision that you don't want to do it that way anymore, you can make a difference and you can change um, the pattern right now, even if your kids are 10, 12, 15, 18, it doesn't matter. Um, it starts with us. So in terms of mushrooms, um, for me, I'll just kind of dive into that. Well, I just want to add something, Lauren, if that's okay. Yeah, I also too, like inner child healing is not the work of shaming your parents either. Like, no, it's, I just want to make that like a thing. Like people think like going to therapy is like shaming your mom. People think doing inner child healing is like shaming your parents. It's not that at all. Um, I think everyone does the best that they can with what they have. Um, so I just want to preface all of this inner child healing with that as well. Yep. Well, and same with you, like wherever you're at on this call right now, like you're here because you're interested in this. Like you are a cycle breaker. That's what this mm -hmm. means. We're doing all of this work. Like that's really cool. And if your parents didn't do the work, like now it's your job to do the work and then pass this down. 
Maybe your parents did do some of the work. That's amazing. I was going to say, but that's something that I've like kind of took away and Lauren, Lauren, I'm sorry that no, you're I fine. you, but like, that's something that I took away is like, my mom did break cycles. I may not have seen it. Um, but looking like when you go further back and that's, that's where my like wisdom gets, gets tied into the whole story of like me being so fucking wise. Um, but like there were cycles that were broken. It's just me continuing on from there. So go ahead, Lauren. Yes. I totally well, agree with that. I'm, too. I'm taking over and I'm following the Jenna goes first. So okay. I'm, yeah. I'm stealing the thunder for a second, Lauren. Cause I don't know why, but I just feel like I have to. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to share, um, what we, had in terms of our release. So let's do that before we all share. Okay. So one of the things that I thought was very interesting during the mushroom trip was that we all had a different way of releasing stored trauma from our bodies. And it was very, very different. So my, my way of releasing things was anytime, anytime I had like a thought come up that was like, something that I needed to work through. It was almost like I was searching for the right word that I needed to release. Um, like one of them was like jealousy, for example. And I'd be like, there's no reason, like something would come up and I'm like, there's no reason to be jealous. And it actually started when Kiera and Lauren decided that they wanted to be outward first. And they were like, I'm going to show this picture with you. Hold on. Oh God. Oh God. Oh. That when I was like becoming the window, hold on, <laughs> hold, on. hold on. Where is it? Oh, where is it? Oh, I should have pulled this one. Look at this, please. <laughs> like literally they were standing there staring out the window together. just like laughing like little schoolgirls. And then I look at me, I'm like down here <laughs> under the blanket. So that's how we spent the first like hour and a half of the trip. Right. And so for me, it came up where I was like, like, Oh, like they're having fun without me. And I'm like, you don't have to be jealous. Like they're allowed to have fun together. And like, I felt, um, this like tightness from my pelvic floor. And actually as women, women can carry a lot of stress, a lot of trauma in their pelvic floor. That's, I do that. And after having Maeve, my daughter, all of that has, has been my journey for the last year and a half of like having this tightness. I have an overactive pelvic floor. It's so tight that I can't even like do therapy moves to heal it yet. Like it's all been, all my work has been focusing on getting it loosened up. And the, literally this mushroom trip, like it was loose. Like I've literally been working on this for an hour or for an hour, Jesus, for a year with through physical therapy and occupational therapy. And it was released. So I would feel it come up and then I would yawn and it would be released. And I did that over and over and over again. And that's why I was hiding under blankets because I was like, they're going to think this is from like the exorcist. If I'm like out here doing this in the open. Um, but, but what was very interesting is as I kept releasing all of these things, my jaw I've been grinding my teeth for like 15 years and wearing a mouth guard at night. And I didn't have to wear my mouth guard after that because my jaw was also released. So, and there's new research that your jaw muscles I are going to say as a doula, if you guys yeah. are curious, um, you, you know, I talk all the time about having an open jaw during labor because your jaw is directly linked to your cervix and your pelvic yep. floor. So that was released. My pelvic floor was released. Like all this stuff was just released. Um, and what was interesting is I actually, a few days ago, I did a soul flow session. We have a, a community, um, that we always have different like healers come in. And so the session was called soul flow. And it was basically like dropping you into those same, like subconscious brain waves as doing mushrooms. Um, like I said, there's so many different healing modalities you can use for this. So we were doing that. And as I was coming out of 
that experience, it's like 30 minutes of dance. And we were journaling afterwards. I kept yawning as I was journaling. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is the same exact freaking experience because I'm still able to like release things. But now I'm just consciously aware that as I'm yawning during my journaling, it's actually being released. And it sounds batshit crazy, but it was really cool. So, okay. So Lauren, your, your mode of release was <laughs> the best. Was I- profusely. It was so weird, but it was weird because when you're on, when you're doing mushrooms, like a gram to two grams is what's typically recommended. If you want to have like this more um, inner child experience, um, there's other doses for other situations, but we did one to two grams. Um, so that we could still be alert and, and, and be present with what's going on and not lose control or anything like that. Um, but it was still interesting because your soul is like almost not connected to your body during the experience, which is a little weird to explain, mm-hmm. but like normal sensations in your body, like sweating, <laughs> um, yawning, things like that, that like your body naturally does you almost like don't feel it in the same way. Um, so like I was sweating so bad, like from my armpits, from everywhere, my shirt was like soaked, but like, I didn't feel wet, but I like, I don't know how to explain it. I kept asking. It's very weird. It's like, you're aware of it, but you're like, I think the best way was like how Ashley explained it. It's like, my body's doing that thing again. When Mm -hmm. I get hot, it's like, you're aware of it, but you don't, you're not like, it's, we sound like batshit crazy when we talk about this, you guys. I know, but it's, but it's not, but that's why all of you are either on this call live to hear, or you're watching the replay because like, yeah. this is the, st- I mean, it was all so real when it was happening. Yeah. yeah. So mine was sweating. Kiera's was, I just peed a lot, like a thousand times. <laughs> cool. The cool thing was though with Kiera is I feel like Kiera, you healed a lot of body image things as well. I did. Yeah. Because so it was, like, go ahead. It was interesting because every time I went to the bathroom. So like, I noticed it the first time I went to the bathroom, I like went to pee. And then I was washing my hands and I like could stare into my eyes for like an hour. It was like bizarre. Um, There was something with eyes. I have to look back at my journal to see like what I wrote down first, but like, I feel like I could stare into my eyes and like reach like the back of the universe. Like that's how far I feel like I was like staring into my eyes. But yeah, I feel like I was like able to look in the mirror and see like, so they say like, you either like what you look, see in the mirror or you don't when you're under, under the influence of psilocybin. Mm-hmm. And for me, like dealing with a lot of body issues, body image issues, I feel like I looked in the mirror and I was like, damn, I look so good. Like, and I've never experienced that in my entire life. Like you think as a drunk girl in the club, you're like, I look good. No, it was like that times a thousand. Um, yeah, it was just very bizarre that like, I think me peeing and that being my release is like what got me to look in the mirror because I don't think I would have otherwise. Yeah. Cause when I looked in the mirror, cause Kira kept trying to get me to come with her to look in the mirror like, Don't look at your eyes. and I like saw, I looked like my dad and it kept freaking me out. And I was like, I don't want to look in the mirror. I look like my dad. This is weird. Like, so. <laughs> and that's, but that's, what's so cool about this experience is It's like, you get what you need out of it. You know, mm-hmm. like, like yeah. they didn't need to release their pelvic floors and yawn the whole entire time and like pull that energy up. And I didn't need to pee and look at myself in the mirror and like it, it all, we got what we needed out of it. And yeah, and we're talking, conscious work. you were talking to about like how our intention was to go into it and like discover our gifts. And I feel like my, like the whole like wisdom thing and like me getting visions ties back to me staring into my eyes. So I haven't talked about the visions at all yet, but that came up for me afterwards. That was like the integration day after, um, where all of that came up. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. And I feel like for me, the sweating, I actually was really sick um, during this. So right before we left for, we went, we did this in Florida. Um, right before we left for Florida was probably like, we left on what, Thursday? And um, I think it was like Monday. I had to go to the doctor because I was like coughing. I had a fever. I felt horrible. Oh my God, it was so bad. And so I went to the doctor and, and they tested me for COVID and the flu. Both of those tests came back negative. And they're like, you have bronchitis. And I'm like, Jesus, great. Like I'm about to go on this trip. And now of course I'm sick, which this is a whole nother story. I'm actually really grateful I got sick because it actually you see my neck here. Um, it actually brought up that I actually have some deeper health issues that I wasn't aware of. Um, so anyway, so I took the, um, Z pack and all the things and I went to Florida. Well, I, it kind of helped me feel better when I got on the medicine, but I was still had like this wicked cough. Like they all were there and it was bad. Like it was so bad. And so I think the sweating was trying to help get all that toxic crap out of my body. I was blowing my nose like crazy. Jenna and I had like mounds and mounds of tissues everywhere. It was like, it was so bizarre, but it was my body really trying to get whatever's going on. So I think I'm going to like tell them my underlying health issue right now. Cause I think that that kind of ties in. I might cry. Cause this is like really new. Um, so I got sick and I went to Florida and uh, I felt a little bit better. Um, but when I got back uh, from Florida, it hadn't gone away. Um, so I called the doctor and, you know, they thought maybe just because of the coughing was so intense, like my chest was swollen. And so they put me on steroids and, um, the steroids actually helped. Like I felt really good. I wasn't coughing anymore. I didn't have the like golf ball in my throat feeling anything like that. Um, so I was good. Well, then once the steroids wore off, um, or once I was done with the pack, it all came back again. I had the pain in my chest, the pain in my throat, the pain in my back, all the things. Um, so I called my doctor again and he wanted me to do a chest x-ray just to see if maybe I developed pneumonia. So I went and did a chest x-ray. It wasn't pneumonia. They actually found um, like a mass-like thing in my chest. And so they wanted me to get a CT scan immediately. So I got the CT scan like the next day and the CT scan came back and I have um, an 11 centimeter mass right here in my chest that's like kind of behind my heart it's pushing up against my esophagus that's why I feel like I have that golf ball in my throat and it's pushing up against my heart um I don't know what it is I find out tomorrow if it's lymphoma um if it's nothing if it's some other cancers that they threw out at me at the hospital I, I don't know but I'm so grateful I got sick before this mushroom trip. And I don't think it was a coincidence that I got sick. I had this amazing experience with mushrooms and then I got home and I've been living with this chest pain. So if anybody on this call feels any pain in their chest ever, like pressure in their sternum, go get a chest X-ray. Um, I've been having this pain for over four years and every doctor I told 
about this, just brush it off as like, you know, you're a mom, maybe you're carrying your kids wrong and like all of this stuff. Um, but I have a very large mass in my chest. So this, uh, what I have right here, this cut, they did a biopsy um, through my neck. And so I will be finding out tomorrow I go to the oncologist. So I'm really glad I'm on this call because it's distracting me from all the crazy ass thoughts I have going on in my head. Yeah. Ugh, but and I think too, Lauren, like all the work that you've been doing, like not just the mushroom work, but all the work leading up to it, like it's helped you get so in touch with your body that like you, you're advocating for yourself in different ways, much more strongly than you would have before. Yeah. Typically I would have just blown off. Like if the steroids went off and I started having this cough again, I was like, oh, it's probably allergies. Like I'll give it, you know, a few more weeks and, and, but something was telling me that I had to call back, um, yeah. immediately. And, and I did. So mm-hmm. this really kind of comes back to the inner child work. So when I was in my trip, so my release was sweating <laughs> and when I, so Kiera and I kind of were refusing to go inward for a while. We were having a good time. Like literally she reminded me of my best friend growing up. I don't really talk to this best friend anymore. We kind of obviously went our separate ways when we got older, but she always would make me laugh like belly laugh so hard, like all the time when we were kids and Kiara was doing the exact same thing. Um, when we were outwards, so we were having like the best time ever. I felt like we connected on a whole nother level, but once we decided like, okay, it's time for us to close our eyes, time for us to put our blindfolds on. I really connected with my inner child. And so it was really bizarre because while I was sitting with my blindfold on, there was all of a sudden this like overwhelming like voice (laughs) and it sounded like a little kid's voice to be completely honest that was just asking me like a thousand questions like back to 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 back and I felt myself getting very overwhelmed by all these and I don't know what the questions were because they were so fast it was like why 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 is this it was just like asking all these questions and I then would have like my adult self kind of come in and say like, it's okay, honey, you're allowed to ask all of these questions, like ask away, I love you. And this kept happening back and forth for, I don't know how long, because time is like not real when you're on mushrooms. Like you think it's like five minutes, but it's been like two hours. So I don't really know how long this was going on for, but it just kept having this overwhelming voice of asking questions, asking questions. And it's interesting because before I went inward, um, I think Jenna kind of came outward for a second while me and Kiara were still outwards. And I was asking you guys all of these questions. And Kiara was like, why are you, why do you care? Why are you asking all of these questions? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why I'm asking all of these questions. And then when I went inward, what I realized and connected was that my inner child has been silenced for so long. And all she wanted to do was just ask questions and feel safe asking these questions. Because as a child, I wasn't really allowed to ask certain questions. It was, um, so I grew up in a very religious household. I'm not saying this is how every religious household is. I'm just saying this is from my experience. And any questions I would have would either be silenced or thrown a Bible verse at me. And like, there was no real, like allowing myself to discover any answers. Um, There was no real conversations that were going on. Um, It was more like, this is the way it is. 
we're done talking about this, like end of story. And so that was interesting that that came up for me um, during the trip. But I want to tell you this, I have never felt so much love and compassion in my life than in that moment of like, just telling my inner child, like, it's okay. You can ask the questions. And right there, you guys is an example of reparenting your inner child. So if you've ever heard people online saying, you know, how, how to reparent your inner child, it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as maybe you weren't allowed to ask a ton of questions as a, as a kid. And maybe you feel this sensation in your body of wanting to ask all of these questions, but then you kind of like shush her and feel like, well, I don't want to be annoying. Well, I don't want to bother these people with this, that, or the other. That is your inner child. And even um, just noticing her and saying, it's okay. You're allowed to ask the questions. I love you anyway. Like, I love you so much. Like, go ahead. And what I took from it, I wrote in my journal was that my inner child doesn't really want me to answer the questions. Honestly, <laughs> she just wants to ask openly. And then as her parent, I'm her parent right now, right? As an adult, it is my job to just love and support her and let her figure out these answers on her own. So more so be her guide and I can guide her towards some things to kind of help her have some more clarity. But I'm even applying that as, you know, I have two little boys. I'm even applying that with my own kids of like, they have all of these questions, right? Your kids are like, why, why, why? Like constantly asking. And before it used to frustrate me, like, oh, like, I don't, I don't know or whatever. And now, I mean, it still frustrates me sometimes. I'm not perfect, um, especially when they go on forever. But um, I've really started to learn, like kind of turning it back on my oldest son, who's five and saying, well, what do you think about this? Like, do you think that Santa Claus is real? Or do you think that um, Sonic is whatever he's telling me about? And he's like, well, I don't know. Let me think about that. And so that's kind of what I took from it. And so that was like what Kiera said, you know, this mushroom experience was literally like sitting through therapy that I probably wouldn't have discovered this or reparented my child, inner child like this. It probably would have taken years, months, who knows how long. Well, I also want to say like, there's also a chance you may not have gotten to that because right. Like we go to therapy to get answers and yep. we have all of the answers inside ourselves. So there is a very, like, like a very strong likelihood that that may not have even been discovered after, after years of therapy. So that's so, that's so true because yes. And I want to point that out as well. Another thing that at least I learned from my experience was that I truly do have all the answers within me. And when I've heard that before, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, mm -hmm. sounds like a good saying, I guess. But um, when you truly surrender to your body, okay? When you truly allow your body to really respond and tell you things and you're not letting your mind be the driver. So your mind is actually supposed to be a passenger. Okay. We're in like this new age where like back in the day, I don't remember the dates, but like way back in the day, people actually were using their minds for everything. So like, think of like the industrial revolution, they were actually using their minds to control and their ego to control everything. Very structured, you know, very mind driven. 
But where we are in this day and age, that's not serving us anymore. We actually are meant to come into our bodies and let our bodies be the driver. And our minds are supposed to be just the passenger that's sitting there and just watching things go by and observing and enjoying the ride. They're not meant to be our decision makers. It's not meant to be that. And so when you're operating up in your mind and you're making decisions strictly from your mind and you're ignoring your body, you manifest some weird, I mean, I don't want to, I, I, I'm getting very, I'm being careful with how I'm saying things, especially with this mask that they found in my chest. Like I'm, I'm kind of back and forth with, is this my fault? Like I'm, is this not my fault? Like, it, you know, these are natural thoughts um, that kind of go through your head, especially when you have like a scary health scare like this. And um, so here's an example of how you can reparent your inner child without mushrooms. Um, so I actually did a subconscious healing um, process. So like a hypnosis the other day, I was just sitting on my front porch. I pressed play. Um, my business coach that I have hired recorded it for me and uh, Jenna and, and I, and we are all getting uh, certified in subconscious healing as well. And we can provide that for our clients as well. But um, so I was listening to the subconscious process and it was about the mass in my chest. And throughout the process, it was having me look at the mass and how old is your mass? You know, how old is this mass? And the first number that came to my head was 12. And I was like, okay, whatever, 12. Um, not saying I had this mass when I was 12, but that was the age of this mass, right? And as I was in this hypnosis, it had me bring up a memory. And the memory was me at an ice cream shop. So when I was 12, my parents decided that the school district I was in was just not the school district that they wanted me to be in. And so we were moving to a new school district. Um, and so I remember going to an ice cream parlor with all my friends from my school that I loved. And I was telling them goodbye. Like, I'm going to be moving. I'm going to a new school. And when I moved to that new school, I had a really hard time. Like I was, my mom said I was crying all the time. Like I was angry at my parents. Like why'd you take me away from my friends? Like my sister was still really young. So she didn't really like notice a difference. And my brother was like two when we moved. So like he had no idea what was going on, but I had made all my solid core friends. So when I looked up, what grade are you in when you're 12, it was seventh grade. And that is when I moved to the new school. And so I was like, oh my God, that's when I first learned to shut my heart chakra down. That was when I learned that I have to close this off because I have to protect myself. Now I have to find a whole new group of friends. I have to put this armor up. I have to be protected. And so right there, I was able to acknowledge that and reparent my little 12 year old who was like heartbroken that my friends were ripped from me. And obviously everything worked out the way it was supposed to. And I'm so grateful for the friends that I made at the new school and they're amazing. But like just right there, I was able to go reparent that 12 year old. And I'm telling you right now, the work that I'm doing, yes, I might need chemo and all of that to shrink my mass, but the work that I'm doing is also helping shrink this mass and heal me as well. So that's an example if you're not you know, out there wanting to do mushrooms of something that can really take you into your inner child and do some really deep healing. All right, I'm done. Everybody else can show well, <laughs> In case you all thought that I was just rude earlier when I cut Lauren off, I was like, I don't know why. I just think I need to go first. This is why. So I knew I'd like, 
I swear I'm good. My gift is reading energy apparently. Cause I was like, I feel like I just need to share my story first. I don't know why. This is why. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Am I supposed to share something? Let's see what I want to talk about. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is we kind of mentioned in the beginning is unlocking the boxes that I have kept hidden away. So if you've ever heard me talk about trauma, which I haven't talked about it much, um, in my brain, the way to keep me safe was to lock up my, the bad things that happened to me in little boxes. Like literally I have told friends, like I can see the boxes in my head. Like I, I know the boxes are there, but I don't want to open them because I don't know what's in them. Right. Like we have trauma that like, we're either you're aware of it and you're like, yeah, that's a bad fucking memory. I hate that. Or there's trauma where you're like, you don't remember what it is and you lock it away. So my experience taking mushrooms was I was able to unlock literally every single one of those boxes. And some of them, honestly, and I talk about them being literal boxes because that's what it's like for me. Um, some of them I was even unlocking after the trip. Like when we were coming down, if you guys remember that, like, I was like, I don't want to do that one. Like that one, I don't, I don't know. Um, and that was, um, you know, trauma related to sexual assault and, the fact that I was able to quote unquote, unlock that box and talk about it afterwards was insane to me because I was like, why am I not crying? Like, I just kept saying, why am I not crying? And even during the trip, these two were going back and forth and like, they were crying. And I usually like, I'm the kind of person like cries when other people cry, but that's where I was saying, like, I feel like I'm so wise is I was able to like watch them from almost like a bird's eye view. Like I was able to sit back and watch their interaction, watch them cry. And like, make observations that they weren't making, um, which is why I continuously kept saying, like, I feel so wise because I, I would say something they're like, oh my God, that's so true. Or, oh my God. And I just felt the whole time, like, why am I not crying? And I kept saying that. And I feel, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I feel as though the fact that I wasn't crying is I was able to unlock that trauma. I was able to kind of look at it from almost like a third person perspective and say like, okay, this is something that happened to me. This isn't me. And this isn't my fault. And like, obviously those are things that like some people, you know, when you think about trauma, like, yes, it's not your fault that that happened to you, but like to consciously know that to subconsciously know that is a whole nother ball game. So to have that realization and to be able to look at that trauma and the experiences that I have kept locked away for so long to look at those things as, like I said, almost like a third person perspective and be able to not even not analyze it. I didn't, I don't want to like analyze it, but like, even just to like accept that it happened and to have a different perspective. Like, again, like I said, like this happened to me, but also to dive deeper. I think the, the craziest thing for me was diving deeper and like the, you know, that person did this to me, but like, why? And it's, again, it's not important to know why it's not important to dive into that, but like almost to have empathy, um, which I know sounds, it sounds insane to have empathy for somebody who caused you trauma, but to be able to kind of look at it from a different perspective was something I never would have been able to do without mushrooms. So I hope that makes sense as far as like being able to observe and kind of think and talk about it in a different way. Does that make sense? I feel like it's, I feel like it's different to like hold empathy and understanding as to like like your abuser was also abused, which is yes. why that cycle continued. And I had a, I also uncovered some sexual trauma that I, I basically realized that I had been like totally gaslighting myself of because it wasn't yes. like, 
full sexual trauma, like whatever that even means. Yeah, we're watching dogs on TikTok. Sorry. (laughs) You and I related to that too, because like, like we said, like it wasn't full sexual trauma. So it's almost like we, we did gaslight ourselves the whole time, our whole lives. Like, oh, I was not raped or I was not in trigger warning. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Like it doesn't count, but also like, there's a reason that that was the first memory that was unlocked for me when I did this mushroom trip, because it was significant in my life. And I did some inner child reparenting as well, because I remember like going back, it was at a friend's house. I won't go into like full details of this, but I mean, we did trigger warning. We sent out some emails, like we're going to get deep into some things, but like, I remember going to a friend's house and it was actually her brother that did this to me. Um, and I didn't realize how much blame I'd carried because my parents had always told me like, like not to go over to anybody's house if their parents aren't home, whatever. So like that to me was like, then it was my fault because I put myself in that situation. So I deserved what happened to me. And I didn't even realize like that I had been carrying the weight of all of that. And so that was one of the first times that I like could actually physically feel this energy, like this stored trauma, like being pulled up. And then it was like the second that I would hit the word, like I, I remember I was like, I'm gaslighting myself. And I like yawned this whole big yawn. And I was like, damn, like that felt good to release that. And then same thing, like I wouldn't have been able to necessarily like talk about these experiences the way I'm talking about them right now. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't hold the same emotional charge that it held before this experience for me. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a a switch just like flips. Like when you make that realization. And I really feel like too, I think that Lauren, I hope you're okay with me saying this, but I feel like it's important to to note is like, I feel like for Kiera and I, it was like, we were able to like, like we were upset by these experiences before. And then the mushroom trip kind of healed them. And I feel like for you, it was almost the opposite of like, cause there were some stories that you told me about your childhood that you were kind of laughing at, like literally like months ago, back in the day, like like, oh, this happened to me. And then I feel like the mushroom trip for you almost triggered like, holy shit, that was actually trauma. Like that was like, that's an example of me really pushing my inner child away was when I would make jokes about it and think it wasn't so serious. And like, doesn't everyone like experience this? So, um, for me, like just a little glimpse, um, as a kid, I, my, I had to go to a bunch of different babysitters You know, my parents both worked full time and, you know, they had to do what they had to do. And the one babysitter that I had, um, like refused to feed us, like did not want to feed us. Like it was like a nuisance to like get us food apparently. So we were always trying to sneak food and we'd be starving. We would have to like freeze pickle juice and eat that. Like it was just this whole whole thing. And thank you. My husband's bringing me water. (laughs) Um, and I've, if you're on here live or watching the recording, if you've been following Jenna and I, at least for a while, I've really suffered from some, um, intense eating disorders, um, in the past. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's related to me, you know, not having my basic needs met as a child in terms of food. And so dieting was very easy for me you know, starving myself was super easy for me because I was used to that as a kid. I was used to being deprived of food. And not only that, but think back to the beginning of the call, we were talking about your subconscious, like what your experiences in those first eight years feel like love to you. They do. So not eating felt like love. Yeah. That feels like Lauren was loving herself because she was starving herself through meal plans. Like this is the, the fucked up part about the healing journey, because like, it's not conscious. It's not something that you're consciously aware of, but all of these patterns just show up in so many different ways throughout your life. 
So I kind of want to open this up. So that was, I mean, we have our tattoos also, but I think we, I mean, we can get into that if, if somebody wants us to, but um, I just want to know if anybody has any questions and I'm also going to send in the group chat um, a link to this girl's Instagram who actually is very knowledgeable um, about microdosing. So like I said, in the beginning, we did not do microdosing. Okay. So the experience that we had was like full blown. We took one, one and a half grams of mushrooms. That is completely different. Kiara, what's the grams? Yeah, for so I actually microdose now and I've stopped this week because I'm having surgery tomorrow. Um, good surgery. I'm having a breast reduction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but I actually started microdosing. So I did it for a solid week. Um, so it was like last the week before last. So I've been, I haven't done it for two weeks now. The dose that you take is 0.11. So when we had our mushroom trip, when we were literally under the influence of psilocybin, that was one to one and a half grams. Microdosing is 0.11. Um, and then there's other stuff mixed in. There's like cacao and lion's mane, um, which is, lion's mane is actually a legal mushroom. There are legal mushrooms um, that are very good for, you know, healing like neural connections and all of that. However, um, microdosing what, what I'm taking is not legal. It is 0.11 grams of psilocybin. The mushroom that I'm taking is called golden teacher. It, there are different strands of it. Um, but it's a very different experience. You don't feel like you're under the influence of anything. If anything, it's almost like you feel I've never taken antidepressants, but I almost compare it to that. It's almost like a mood boost. It's almost like, I kind of want to say it's like the similar feeling of like drinking a glass of wine, if that makes sense. It's like, you get like this overall, like glow feeling to you. It just puts you in a very good mood. I feel, so we didn't mention this either. Like the mushrooms, when we, the mushrooms that we took were very visual, which is why Lauren and I were laughing about a freaking railing on a building. I wish we had recorded that because that was hilarious. Um, very visual. The sky looks extra blue. The trees look extra green. Um, it's not like purple elephants and unicorns dancing around. Well, unicorn cloud, but that's another story, but it's not like you're tripping. It's not like you're seeing like crazy things. Like you took LSD or acid. It's not that at all. Um, it's just, you feel very alert. Um, and you feel very, everything's very, a lot more visual when you're under the, the effects of psilocybin. So it's kind of like that too, when you microdose, but on a much, much, much lower, like dose, I guess a much lower, um, wavelength. So I just feel very, when I take, when I do my microdosing and you don't take it every day, um, you don't take psilocybin every day anyways, but like with microdosing, you do like every other day or like two days on one day off, whatever. Um, but I feel very much more in the moment. Um, I don't grab my phone nearly as much because it's almost like, you know, I don't need a dopamine hit because I'm just functioning the way that I'm supposed to. My brain is functioning the way it's su supposed to. Um, so I don't need to reach for my phone. I feel much more in the moment with my daughter. I think if anything, it helps me be a better mom because I'm much more present and I'm much more in the moment. And it just helps you realize like, what actually matters. Like it, for me, at least that's my experience with microdosing is it just puts you in the moment and it puts you in a good mood and, but not in like an altered state of mind, kind of good mood, if that makes sense. I, I talked to a friend who's doing it as well. I have not started yet, but I want to eventually. Um, but my friend had weaned herself off of her antidepressants to start mushrooms. And obviously like 
do the research. Like I'm not telling you. To and ask, yeah, <laughs> do your <laughs> research. Don't do just stop any medication. Do that girl's yeah. well-versed in microdosing, like yeah. way more than we are. We're really new to microdosing. So like, go check this girl out, go do your own research. Yeah. Yes. I'm not you are your own advocate. So definitely. Uh, but she had my friend who had like made that switch basically had said like with antidepressants, she, it, the antidepressants kind of stopped her from feeling sad. Whereas the mushrooms doing microdosing allowed her to feel happy. So that was kind of, I loved that explanation. Um, one other thing I want to share just in terms of the actual mushrooms themselves. So one of our guides had explained, um, she had a very interesting experience the first time she did it. She actually did them at a festival for the first time. So we took one gram to one, she's laughing at these dogs. This is the only, my only thing right now that I can do. Uh, so, so we took one gram to one and a half grams, whereas microdosing is 0.11, right? Our guide had taken 10 grams at a festival and that, wow. whoa, I know. Yeah, whoa. That is like, <laughs> like not recommended. Like that's like a full ego strip where you like, the boxes are all unlocked, whether you want them unlocked or not. And you have a shitload of integrating to do. Yeah. And so that's kind of the difference there. Like, uh, um, I forget what kind of dose it's called. I don't know if you guys remember, but it's like a five to 10, a hero that's five to 10 grams. And so for us with the amount we took, we were able to choose like, Oh, I'd like to go inward now. And then, Oh, that's too much. I'm going to pull out and kind of go back and forth. Sounded very sexual. That's funny. <laughs> Am I still a child? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we were able to decide, like, I want to be inward. I want to be outward, whatever. Um, but with a hero's dose, like you don't have the option. The boxes are open, whether you're all open. So I yeah. just wanted to kind of explain like how that kind of trends. Yeah. And also yeah. mushrooms is this, um, you can build a tolerance if you are taking them like really frequently. So for example, when we did our mushroom experience, it's not recommended to do that kind of dose for like months um, again. So there is a lot of power. So not only if you decide to do the mushrooms or if you decide to do microdosing, like Kiara was saying, you don't do it every day. There's like different plans. Um, there's also an app that you can download that actually like tells you what the plans are and you can pick one. And if that's something you're interested in, you can message us or you can message the girl on Instagram that we um, sent you her info and ask her questions. But what's also really important that I feel like needs to be addressed is not only did we discover all of this during the trip, but after the trip is where the integration period really is so important. So the integration period is really where you're taking everything that kind of happened and you're integrating these new learnings, these new teachings, these new feelings, these new whatever into your life. And so it's really good if you do decide to do this um, afterwards to have some time set up or like a routine or something set up where you have time to meditate, you have time to journal, you have time to really allow this to integrate within your body, within your mind, within your soul. And I feel like that is actually one of the most important parts um, that <laughs> we'll talk about is the actual integration, integration period. And Kiara just sent something. Yeah. I just wanted to, this is just a picture. I mean, there's an article too, but I just wanted to share the picture of what the brain actually looks like on like a, a normal brain, quote unquote, and then your brain on psilocybin. And that's what I was talking about as far as like making new neural connections. And that is why you heal so much because 
you're making new neural, neural connections. You're not relying on your previously formed subconscious to run the show. Um, so that is why microdosing actually helps in the long run. And that's why microdosing is so beneficial is because you're not just taking it and feeling it in the moment. You're actually creating new neural connections along the way. So you, it's, here, it's like you, a growth. Will you share your screen? I just made you host. I want you to show that picture. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pop that up. <clears throat> okay. So, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm, these things are in the way. Hold on. Can you guys see this picture? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if I can click on it. No, um, but this is, whoops. Okay. This is like the, the normal amount of neural connections that you have going on on a daily basis. And then this is your brain on psilocybin. So I know this That's is why you don't fall asleep. <laughs> With you do me. not fall asleep. Yes, <laughs> you can't. But that was where I know, I know someone had dropped in the chat, a question of like, how often are you doing this? Like, we're not do like literally once every six months or so, because yeah. you, that time for integration is really the key. Like Lauren was saying, like, you've got to take time or otherwise it's just pointless because all you're going to do is unlock these boxes and then you're not I have nothing to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. And what was wild for me too, in the integration page. So afterwards, like the, the next day, like if you guys see 11, 11 on the clock, multiply that by like a hundred. And like, that's the feeling that we had that next day. Like we saw 11, 11, we saw 222, we saw 444, like so many things. And like, that's the whole purpose behind the tattoos. But like, for me, because I had unlocked a lot of these boxes and I had all this trauma, like locked away, the next day I was flooded with memories from elementary school, from middle school, from, from high school. I always used to say like, I don't remember school. Like, I don't know why, but like, I just, I have a hard time. I know I'm 33, I think 34, 33, but like, I know that I'm like getting older and like, obviously you're not going to remember as much, but like, I always said, like, I don't remember high school. Why the heck don't I remember high school? Why don't I remember middle school? But I was flooded with memories the next day, like positive memories, flooded with so many memories. And I was like, holy shit. And then another thing for me, and I sound batshit crazy when I talk about it, but you guys like witnessed it. Like I was getting like flashes of like memories that like weren't my memories, um, which I'm still need to like process that. Cause I don't understand what, I don't know if I'm psychic or something, but like that was bizarre. And I had like the worst headache the next day because it was just so much like thrown at me that I didn't really have time to process it. So if you don't integrate and you don't take the time to process that, it's, you're just going to go back to where you were. Like, you're not going to have the trauma locked away, but you're going to, it's, you're not going to get anything from it. You're not going to grow from it. And this isn't some type of like the amount of mushrooms we took is not something where it's like, you know, I, I need a hit. Like I need hmm. a buzz. I need, you know, that's not what this is um, meant for. So really approaching it with an intention is highly recommended and then allowing that intention. And sometimes you might set an intention and what comes out of it is different than what maybe you thought. And I'll be honest, when I went in, I wanted to discover all these gifts that I had. Right. And I really connected with my inner child, um, during that it's what I needed. And I know Jen and I say this all the time when, um, you know, we hire coaches or healers, or if someone hires us, it's funny because you always have these expectations of like what you're going to get out of the program or what you're going to, you know, reach and what goal you're going to hit. And then it typically isn't what you thought it was going to be. And you actually get what you needed. And so setting an intention is absolutely great because it's actually telling the universe that like, 
I'm doing this for an intentional purpose. Please send me the messages that are like meant to be sent and the things that I'm meant to be able to discover, but also like having that openness of like, I'm ready to really receive whatever. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, this is not really related, but kind of, um, it was a couple days before I got the chest x-ray. I was in the shower and I was like, I don't know. I just felt like called to say this out loud. I was like, universe, I am ready for the next chapter. I'm ready for whatever I is meant for me that is next. And you guys, I'm not kidding. Like two days later, I got a chest x-ray and found a mass in my chest that's been living here for four years. So like, you never, like, I thought it was my husband starting a business. Like he's got all this stuff. I'm like, give me this next chapter. Woohoo. I'm really pumped and excited for it. And they're like, okay. The universe is like, okay, we're going to heal this mass that's been in your chest for four years. Like, did I know that was going to be my next chapter? Absolutely fucking not. Does it scare the shit out of me? And I would wish it could go away. Yes. But is there something that's going to come out of this that I'm meant to experience? Yes. Like wholeheartedly. So I guess my point is if you decide to do this, if you don't decide to do this, if you decide to do subconscious healing, whatever your next decision is in terms of your own personal healing, just kind of set intentions loosely and let the expectations go and really allow whatever is going to come your way to come your way. Um, you can handle it. You can embrace it. Healing is not linear. It's not always like when you're healing, you're not just walking up steps to like, oh, it's getting better and better and better, and better, and better. Like, no, that's not typically what happens. Um, it's all over the place, but just know that healing is like so worth it. It, and it prepares you for, um, things that life's going to throw at you. I truly believe that the reason I'm discovering this mass right now in my chest is because I'm equipped <laughs> to handle this and to really, um, get through this. And this time I've had this for four years. Why didn't I find out about it two years ago when I was dieting like crazy and, you know, exercising like a psychopath, like, well, because I wasn't equipped to handle this then. And so, the healing process is not linear. It's not like butterflies and rainbows all the time, but it is something that's going to help enhance your life, enhance your parenting, reparenting your inner child. Um, and it's just going to have, you're going to have a deeper connection with yourself than you've literally ever had. So, yeah. And I wanted to, um, I want to mention the retreat that we're hosting because I mm -hmm. think like so many people, like, again, you hear this, you hear us talk about this. And so many people are like, well, I'm not going to take mushrooms. Like, that's crazy. Even though I highly recommend it and I will do it again one day, um, even on microdosing. But I think like the retreat that we're hosting, if you guys are not aware, if you haven't, you know, seen us posting about it, that is going to give you this very similar experience. We're going to be doing a lot of the subconscious trauma recall. We're going to be doing a lot of the inner child reparenting, and it's going to equip you with the same skills that Lauren's talking about. It's going to equip you with the skills that you need to do this work. And it's going to, it's really an investment, honestly, because you're going to have these skills for life. Like this isn't just a retreat that you come and like dance and like go home. Like, no, this is, it's going to be a good ass time, but it's also going to set you up with skills that are going to help you the rest of your life. Yeah. And just to clarify, we're not bringing mushrooms to the retreat, like no. <laughs> we're not doing illegal drugs here. Okay. Everyone got that. Okay. Now <laughs> just 
making sure the zoom the drugs will be at this retreat right um but the work we're doing is it has that same effect like we were saying we're getting deep into your subconscious doing subconscious recall doing inner child reparenting like it's going to be so powerful and it's going to equip you with tools moving forward to really heal yourself and that's the thing like that i want to drive home just to kind of wrap all this up is like okay let me point it put it this way Somebody asked me the other day to write a review for them, someone that I had hired. And I was like, how do I want to, what do I want to tell this about this person? Right. And I was like, well, what would I want one of my clients to say about me? And it used to be back in the day, it used to be like, oh my God, Jenna changed my life. Like she was amazing. She helped me do all of these things. Like she gave me everything, right? She was my savior. And now I'm like the best review that a client could write for me is that like Jenna put me in touch with my own power. Like, yeah, she gave me the tools, but like she gave me the tools so that I could become my own hero. And I think that's, sorry, he made these dogs. I think that's the whole point of doing all this work and having this community and sharing this with all of you. It's like, we aren't here to save you. Like the only person that can save you is yourself. And it's through this work that you'll be able to really do that. Yeah, I put the uh, link to our retreat information page. Um, if you're curious to learn more about that, it's also linked in our bios, um, I'm pretty sure, on Instagram, if you're on our Instagram. But um, if you feel called to apply, the application is literally right there on the page. Go ahead and apply. Um, if you are accepted, we're obviously going to review all the applications, make sure it's a good fit. Um, you will get an email that says, congratulations, you've been accepted. Um, you'll be given some payment plan options or painful options that you can decide however you want to want to do that. Um, and then obviously more information will be sent your way if you decide to join us on the trip. It is in North Carolina. If you were not um, aware of that, it's in the mountains. It's fucking beautiful. We have yoga. We have hypnosis. We have EFT. We have soul flow. We have yummy food. We have, it's like the whole experience. You're going to leave it feeling just really fucking connected to your womanhood, to yourself, um, feel very empowered to move forward. And we wanted to do this retreat because most of the time we work with clients virtually, just because obviously that's way more convenient. We can work with people from anywhere, but we all had this calling, like we really want to meet with people in person, like really bad. Like there's just this different it's a different level when you're with people like in the flesh and in person. So that is why we put this retreat together. Um, we have amazing healers that are going to be there. We have women already um, coming on the trip and it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> unless something absolutely, even if I'm having chemo treatments, um, I'm going. So I will be there and depending if I'm running sessions or not, I don't know. It's all going to depend on how I feel but I think it's just going to be good for all of us to be there. Yeah. Okay. Anybody have, I know there's only a couple people on live now. I know we're pretty long winded. That's typically how we are. <laughs> um, let's see. We have a question. Any questions? If you can toss them, you can unmute unless you're, you know, on a work call or something. Um, you feel like it helped you get past the surface trauma to reach. Your yes. Head. I think absolutely. Yes. But read, read the question in case anyone just, <laughs> this. so she asked, do you feel like it helped uh, you get uh, someone else, someone else read, please. Uh, <laughs> do you feel like it helped you get past the surface trauma to reach your inner child, to break down the walls that interfere, to get to that inner, to get to your inner child 
and give you more tools to use now for inner child work. I hope that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. And the answer is absolutely yes. I think what, I mean, psilocybin doesn't really give you the option to stay surface. Like you'll stay surface for a while. Like me and Lauren were like partying it up, like having a good ass time, but like the, I mean, it is a drug, right? So the drug will eventually break down those walls for you. Now, if you are trying to get to that level of work without taking psilocybin, yes, I think something, for example, like the retreat is going to be the best option because it's going to, you're going to be surrounded, right? So it's almost going to be like the people are your drug. The experience is the drug to kind of break down those walls. Um, and once you have the, the mindset of going into it, like you have the mindset of, you know, being vulnerable and being open to that experience, then yes, you will fly past the surface level because I know that a lot of stuff, like, for example, like I use essential oils and a lot of times the healing that's done with essential oils, it, while the oils do interfere with you on a cellular level, if you are not open to being vulnerable, if you're not open to that healing, they're only going to affect you on a surface level. So it's really, it comes down to your mindset that you go into it with. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that was a great question. Any other questions or comments for those that are on live? And if you're watching the recording and you like think of any questions um, or comments, you can email us, you can send us a DM on Instagram, whatever you feel called to do. Okay. Awesome. We're good. I feel like we could literally have a whole nother call and talk more about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for jumping on live. Thank you for watching the recording or listening to this if you are. Um, and like we said, I mean, reach out to any of us on Instagram via email, come to our retreat live. Like we have so many ways that we can help support you in this work and really having that community and having people who've been there and actually been submerged in the work for a while is, is helpful when you're getting into this stuff. Definitely. For sure. All right, guys, we will talk soon.